Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through five must-draft running backs for the 2021 fantasy football season. So these are players that I think are being undervalued at their current ADP, and I think they're going to have a great shot at outperforming their current draft price. If you guys watched this video and you enjoy the content, please just make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the channel. That really helps support me a lot and I would appreciate it. And then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that these are must draft running backs? Do you have some other running back targets that you think are values right now? Let me know down below and I'll respond to everyone who comments, but let's get right into it. Starting off with my first must draft running back, it's going to be Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers. He's been the locked in starter on this team for the past two seasons and both of those years he has put up high end RB1 production. In 2019, we saw him finish as the RB4 in points per game and then he followed that up in 2020 by finishing as the RB5 in points per game and he is just an all around solid fantasy football running back. He gets his production in a bunch of different areas, so he's going to have a lot of rushing volume. He's going to have some solid work in the receiving game. He's going to be very efficient in his touches, and he also just has a lot of touchdown upside on this high-scoring Packers offense. So in the last two seasons, he's had 200-plus carries, 60-plus targets, and 10-plus touchdowns. So that really just points to his consistent usage and involvement in this offense, and I don't think that is going to change this year. Really, the only difference you have in this offense is you have A.J. Dillon now as the backup instead of Jamal Williams. The only thing that really may shift around is Aaron Jones may get a few less carries. You know, A.J. Dillon is more of a runner than a receiver, but I think he's going to make up for that in the receiving game. Jamal Williams was a really solid pass catcher. A.J. Dillon is definitely not on his level in that aspect. So I would totally take, you know, a few more receptions and sacrifice a few more carries. So I really like Aaron Jones. I think he's locked in to finish as a mid to high end RB1 if he stays healthy this season. And right now he's being drafted as the RB6, more of a late first round pick. He is my number five running back, my number five overall player. So I'm totally fine picking him in the middle of the first round. And if I'm able to get him in the late first, I just think that value is way too good to pass up. The next running back I'm going to talk about here is Jonathan Taylor. Right now, he's being drafted as the RB10, and that is an early to mid second round pick. This ADP has definitely fallen off in the last few weeks. You know, once Carson Wentz and Quinton Nelson went down with these injuries, Jonathan Taylor fell from what was like a mid to late first round pick now to an early to mid second. But I really think this is too drastic of a drop for Jonathan Taylor. We've been hearing reports that Carson Wentz and Quinton Nelson are both recovering very well from this injury. And you know, there's a solid chance that they're both on track to play in week one. And so I do think you're going to be able to get him at a little bit of a discount here. I currently have him ranked as my RB8. He's right in between Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb. So I have Austin Eckler as my RB7, Nick Chubb as my RB9, and then Jonathan Taylor is sandwiched right in there. I basically think he's a Nick Chubb-esque player this season with just some more volume and opportunities per game. You know, Nick Chubb's a guy who's probably going to get 15, 16 carries a game, not going to be super involved in the receiving game, but he's going to be very efficient with those touches and he's going to have a decent amount of touchdown upside. And I kind of see a similar path for Jonathan Taylor, but I do think he could have a much bigger workload in terms of his carries. We saw at the end of last year when he fully took over as the RB1, he was averaging 19.8 carries per game. That is a ton of carries, and I really think that's going to help support him as a workhorse and, you know, a mid-tier 
fantasy RB1 this season. He is a capable receiver. You know, I do believe he has that skill set, but I just don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to showcase it on this team. I think he's definitely behind Naheem Hines, you know, as the receiving back in this offense. And you're also going from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz, you know, so I don't have a ton of hope for him in the receiving game. Like I mentioned, I think that volume can really carry him this season. And I think you should be taking advantage of this lower ADP until people start adjusting, you know, once they realize that Wentz and Nelson are going to be back sooner than later. On to my third must draft running back. It's going to be Chris Carson. Going into last season, Chris Carson was being picked as a late second or early third round pick. And he ended up finishing as the RB13 in points per game in that 2020 season. But I mean, due to his injuries and overall just disappointing production towards the end of the season, once he was coming back from those injuries, he definitely didn't feel like a borderline RB1 on your team. And I've kind of seen this argument that he's a super injury prone player. And I really don't think he's as injury prone as people are kind of pushing. He did miss four games in 2020, but in 2018 and 2019 combined, He only missed three total games, and the Seahawks felt confident enough with him to go out and re-sign him on a two-year, $14.6 million deal. That tells me that they're going to have him locked in as the workhorse running back, and when he's the RB1 of this offense, the man just flat out produces. In 2018 and 2019, you know, when he played the majority of those seasons, he finished with at least 1,300 scrimmage yards and nine total touchdowns. In 2018, he was the RB13 in points per game. And then in 2019, he finished as the RB12. So basically, when he is on the field, he is a locked-in high-end RB2 or a low-end RB1. I mean, you look at the last three years, RB13, RB12, RB13. That is top-level consistency. And right now, he's being drafted as the RB18. So I think he's definitely a value at that ADP, especially going in the early fourth round. So if I can get him, you know, as my RB3 in the fourth round, I'm going to be buying that all day long. Up next here, we have Mike Davis. He's being drafted as the RB23, and that is an early sixth round pick. And this is definitely more of a guy I'm targeting because of his situation, not necessarily his talent or ability, but I do think he has enough talent to succeed in this role. When the Falcons signed Mike Davis, I don't really think anyone thought that he'd be the locked-in workhorse going into the season. I think people expected them to pick someone up in the draft, you know, maybe bring in some competition during free agency. But right now, you know, we're in week two of the preseason. He is the clear top running back in this backfield. This is the Falcons' official depth chart. So obviously, it has Mike Davis as the RB1. You have Cordero Patterson as the RB2. Keith Smith as RB3, and Quadre Olison at the RB4. So if you look at that depth chart, their RB2 is a wide receiver with Cordero Patterson. And so even if Mike Davis doesn't have, you know, a super long track record of NFL success, he still has much more experience than the rest of this backfield. And he did perform well last season when he was filling in for Christian McCaffrey, both in terms of his overall play, but also his fantasy football production. So he started 12 games with the Panthers, rushed for 642 yards, and then also showed some skill in the receiving game. He caught 59 passes on 70 targets. He may not be a super efficient option at the running back position this year behind this Falcons offensive line. You know, this is definitely a bottom tier unit, but I do think he's going to be given a solid amount of volume and touches. And I also think he's going to have a decent amount of touchdown opportunities. So I think he has a great chance of outperforming this current ADP and is also just a great mid-round running back target. You know, I think once you get into this range, you kind of struggle to find these guys that have that upside. People start to reach because they lost out on those workhorses. 
but he's a guy that I think I'd feel confident plugging into my lineup on a week-to-week basis and is a great value here in the sixth round. All right, so this is my fifth and final must-draft running back, and this is going to be a late-round running back target. It is Philip Lindsay from the Houston Texans. I think he has a really solid opportunity to lead this backfield this season. I think he's the best running back on this team, but he is being drafted as the RB48, so basically a low-end RB4, and that is a 14th round pick. He's going into his fourth season compared to the other running backs on his team, David Johnson and Mark Ingram, who are definitely on the downside of their careers. He's also proven he could be a very effective NFL running back. He had really nice production in his rookie and sophomore seasons, rushed for at least 1,000 yards both of those years. And then he was the RB13 in points per game as a rookie in 2018, and then followed that up with an RB24 in points per game in 2019. So that is back-to-back RB2 seasons when he was given that opportunity to lead the backfield. And so, you know, this Texans offense may not have a ton of scoring opportunities, but if you can draft a workhorse running back this late, I think you got to jump on that opportunity. So he is definitely one of my favorite late round running back targets, if not my favorite one. So that is going to wrap it up for my top five must draft running backs. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel and let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you agree that these are must draft guys? Do you have some other values? Do you disagree with me? Let me hear your perspectives in the comment section. I'll respond to everyone who comments down below. Thank you guys again for stopping by, watching, and listening, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.